yourself lucky to have fallen in love with a girl. The city and the river of mud. Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Braley. Our campaign is entitled Crescent City Nights, and uh, Kurt LeBlanc is our GM. This is episode seven, and our recap will be given by Josh Hook. So, without further ado, commence notre voyage dans le tenet. Josh? Dear General, Remy here again with another tale of unfortunate inquiry. It would seem that my companions and I have stumbled upon yet another dark investigation, this time at the behest of one of Chef Pardue's patrons and friends, Miss Alice Thibodeau. It would seem that Miss Thibodeau has recently come into the possession of a strange wooden box, strange in the sense that since she acquired it, she's been regularly suffering through a series of unsettling night terrors, and in some instances, even waking up outside her own home. Given my companions and I propensity to stick our noses into particularly dangerous situations that rarely have anything to do with us directly, naturally we offer to help Miss Thibodeau get to the bottom of these strange occurrences. The natural starting place for our inquiry was at Benoit's Curios, the location which Alice had purchased the chest. While we were there, we gleaned little about the nature of the object, but did learn it was procured secondhand from a recent Catholic diocese auction. After informing Miss Thibodeau of what we had learned about her purchase and learning a bit more of the continued nature of the dark figures that haunt her dreams, we decided to set out towards the Archdiocese headquarters in the old Ursuline Convent building to see what we could find. After a brief discussion with the sister at the reception desk, she led us back to meet with Francis, Father Francis Page, who was able to enlighten us further as to the origin of the chest. The father familiar, familiarized us with the legend of the Fives à la Cassette, or the Cassette Girls, a group of young women from the early 1800s who were brought here from France and kept in the care of the Ursuline nuns until such a time as a suitable husband could be found. The chest, in this instance, would be used to house the valuables and ultimately the dowry of the young girl who was searching for a husband. After wrapping up our conversation with the father, he pointed us towards the local Ursuline University to confer with Sister Madeline, a historian of the order who may be able to shed some light on the story of the casket girls. However, strangely enough, once we were able to catch up with the sister, she vehemently refuted the idea that the casket girls ever existed, that they were merely a myth. With little more to go on, we went to the departed we went to depart the establishment when, by strange happenstance, we had to run in with another sister of the order. In what seemed like a fleeting instant, the sister slipped a worn journal into the hands of Miss Noble, faintly whispering, and disappeared into the crowd before we could gain any additional information. Naturally, this left my companions and I thoroughly confused as to the nature of the interaction, so we decided to head to the University of Tulane to see what else we could dig up about the strange phrase and the journal. The journal, being entirely in French, forced a lengthy period of research and translation on the part of the good Professor Fontenot, but thanks to his talents, we were made privy to a fascinating entry by the Mother Superior of the Ursuline Order. The entry discussed what we can only assume was one of the casket girls of supposed myth, a young woman by the name of Jeannette Duval. The journal goes on to discuss that this unfortunate girl was reported to have flung herself from the third story of the convent to an avoidant attacker, referred to in the entry only as Blackheart. A disconcerting story to be sure, and additional research led us to also decipher that that phrase, Servame Savavote, which we learned to mean, save me, so that I may save you. 
This gave our tired minds plenty to consider, and after retiring for the evening, we thought it best to return to Miss Thibodeau in the morning with news of our findings. Rose showed up to our meeting looking like she hadn't slept a wink, which she attributed to strange dreams of her own, although the exact nature of which she seemed uncomfortable discussing. We proceeded to share our findings with Alice, who of course was shocked to learn of this frightful story, but after a discussion amongst the group, we began to see the connection between Alice and now Rose's strange dreams, the girl Jeanette Duval, and this shadowy figure Blackheart. So many questions remain though. Who was this mother superior? Where is the final resting place of the poor Duval girl? And what is the true identity of this dark figure? With these scraps of information in hand, we decided to return to the library for additional research and that's where we find ourselves today. I can only hope we find swift resolution to these accursed questions. It would seem to me that my fine companions and I have once again already tempted fate a time too many. Thanks, Josh. <clears throat> the first thing you notice about New Orleans are the burying grounds, the cemeteries, and they're a cold proposition. One of the best things there are here. Going by, you try to be as quiet as possible, Better to let them sleep. Ghosts of women and men who have sinned and who've died and are now living in tombs. The past doesn't pass away so quickly here. You could be dead for a very long time. That's a quote by Bob Dylan. All right, guys. It is the next day. <clears throat> it is Saturday, uh, August 10th. And uh, we are uh, reconvening. Uh, Rose, you did not have a good night's sleep. Um, as you feared that you might, the dream did return. Uh, you're running, you're being chased. There's a, a dark figure laughing, menacing, uh, terrifying. And, and just before he catches you, you, you crash through the window and, and you're falling and, and you're falling in, in, into the abyss. And the last thing you scream is, serve me. And then you awaken. Those were the first night. So you're not feeling too rested this morning. And uh, where are we meeting up? Well, probably at Chef's. Come on down. I have a quick question for the GM. I have something written down here. The, the Mother Superior who wrote... Wiki wiki. Um, the mother superior who wrote uh, the journal entry. Uh, I've got written down here Mother Santiago? What? Santiago, I thought it was. Santiago? You heard you heard Isadora whisper something to Alice and Alice said I don't want to hear nothing else about that Mother Santiago. Mother Santiago, okay. That's what I thought it was, but my handwriting's terrible. Uh, no, I'm going to have a coffee. I want some beignets. Beignets are good, but anything that takes away from the effectiveness of my coffee, I don't know. Let's start with coffee. Black coffee and chicory for Rose. Mm -hmm. Coffee and eggs. By the way, I did find, sorry, this is out, out of the game. I did find online that you can order uh, uh, coffee with the chicory in it from the, the restaurant in uh, oh, yeah. 
what is it? Le, Le Monde? Uh, Café du Monde. Café du Monde. Uh, you can order it online. I'll send it to you. I, I want to get some and try it with the chicory. Yeah, so actually, if I remember now, at the end of last game, it was it was already morning. You guys had meet up with Alice. So let's say that's where we are, where um, we're kind of reconvening, setting up the day. You guys had made some decisions about how you would kind of divide up your work through the day. And, and Alice did mention, how about we, we, we re-meet up later this evening after dinner at Cafe du Monde for some beignets, as you mentioned, remember? So that is the plan for the evening, so that gives you all day. So? So we were going to head to the library. Library? I know, was, I'm going to head to the occult section. Was there also a history museum? You, there's the Cabildo, which is the Louisiana History Museum. And then uh, you, you guys had talked about maybe maybe possibly splitting up, maybe staying together, but you had talked about returning to the library to try to research uh, a re, a, a Blackheart. You had talked about um, maybe going ask, ask you know, searching around in other places as well. So you guys yeah. can kind of do whatever you want. Patrons, patrons of the of the convent. That's my guess is who this Harry is. I think I would like for us at some point to go track down that nun who gave me that book. The She's one from the, the, the school? Yes. Because she might not remember what she did or where she got the book, but she'll have some, she, she'll know something. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, but this all sounds good. It is Saturday, so the uh, school wouldn't be in session. Uh, okay. Does the school still take in orphans, or are these just more? Is this really just girls' school now? It's a it's a girls' school. Okay. It's not a it's not an orphanage or a convent. Well, it also might be an opportunity if we went there to talk to some of the nuns without them having to hold classes. That's true. There'll still be staff there. Well, it's a convent, so. Right. Or is the convent separate from the school? The convent is separate from the school. There's kind of a, um, I guess the, the nuns equivalent, I guess, yeah, there is a, a convent building. Um, we talked about the, the old convent now housing the archdiocese, so there's a new convent near the school. Were there any discerning features um, that Rose would have been able to kind of pick up to identify? I mean, she, I, I, I mentioned that it kind of happened quickly, but I, I imagine there was at least something that she would have recognized her by. Uh, well, she was, she was young. She was attractive. She was, uh, uh, she was a mulatto. So she was a mixed race. You'd probably recognize her again if you saw her. I'd say so. We didn't oh. hear her name being called at all, did we? Mm -mm. I don't remember that. Probably not. And uh, remember, right. after after your encounter with her, the school bell rang, and then the hall the hallways filled up with schoolgirls, and then she just kind of disappeared in the shuffle. Hmm. Well, shall we head to the library then? See what we can find out. Yeah. 
Maybe there's a history of the Ursuline convent. I'm sorry, what was that, Jeff? Oh, yeah, I was going to agree. Um, and I was even thinking, I wonder if the that name, Harry, the um, that might be part of history, too, that if there's other girls or children that are not able to be buried in that cemetery, that, that, that that's probably a standing... It's, it's probably just not like a neighbor who's oh hey let's put a body in your backyard. <laughs> that's a that's a really good point. I I am quite quite in the same camp as Jeff. I feel like that uh, that burial site or whatever property that that happened to occur on would be it'd be interesting to find out where that was. I'm not exactly sure where to start the research portion of that, but um, I agree that that seems like a good lead. It's very possible, too, that the city has consumed whatever property that was. But, um, yeah, I think I, I agree. It's got to be something. It's either a person or an organization or it's, it's something. Uh, and there should be some history as to, you know, it'll, it'll, I'm hoping that somewhere in a book it'll say something like, one of the biggest contributors to the Ursuline convent was Mr. Harry something or other. Hopefully we could get that lucky. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah. All right. To so, the library. Do you guys feel like you want to take another look at the, the document again, or do you all feel like pretty good about what was contained therein? I, I mean, the, the major points I got was uh, 1828, Jeanette Duvall um, from the third floor of the convent, the name Blackheart and buried next to a large oak tree on Aries' former property. Those were the main points that I got. Now, was that when the journal was written, 18? Because she, the, the, the mother superior says 100 years ago. So it would have been 17-something when this actually occurred. Yeah, the journal entry is from 1828. So we're talking about deep history. This is... Uh, you know, a hundred years prior would have still been when, before the uh, miraculous sale of the century, when Louisiana was still French. Right, day. right. And here it is, I'm, I'm, later, I'm, so I'm, it's I'm like the 200 year anniversary of this kind of thing. We're talking 200 years ago. I've got a t-shirt that has the outline of the Louisiana Purchase, and it says 1803. It was a good year. <laughs> Well, let's go. Thank you for breakfast. When you say 200 years, what are you referring to? I'm, I'm referring to the fact that the journal, well, right now it's what, 1926? Uh, yeah, 1926. It's 1926. Uh, the journal is 1828. Mm -hmm. And Mother Superior says that Jeanette Duval jumped a hundred years ago. So Almost a hundred years. Well, so that would be somewhere around 17, 20 something. I'm guessing it's 26. Years. Just a hunch. It's close enough to where that we That puts us at the 200 year anniversary of it. From, from our time. Yeah. So that might be giving this ghost a reason to come around. Because it's been a hundred years now. Well... We need to find out who this Blackheart is. That's another thing. 
was he some rich guy from the town some you know that was pursuing her and she just didn't want to be married to him maybe he was an old man and she was just you know like a does it say how old she was when she died no okay she might have been a 14 year old girl yeah, I mean, it definitely refers to her as a as a girl, and and you know would would jive with what you know about the legend of the casket girls. All right, let's head on over to the library, the Libria, the Libri library. So, are we going back to Tulane? Are we going to uh, so City Comic Library at least Circle? Go to the conventional library. Okay. So Lee, Lee Circle is uh, kind of adjacent to the French Quarter, uh, a little bit further downtown. Uh, there is, it, it's centered on a giant um, pillar with uh, uh, the great General Robert E. Lee perched on top of it. It's uh, uh, in, in, uh, up until last year when they took it down was the, the place where you would meet up at the parades. If you're trying to find your friends at parades, it's okay, we'll meet by the, you know, everything is, is relative to the statue of, of, of Robert E. Lee. And back in the 20s, that's where the central public library is. Okay. okay so what are, what's our what's our research strategy? What are we uh, where are we looking? What are we looking for? Well, I'm going for the occult section. I'm going to see if I can find history of the Ursuline nuns. I'm going to say I I if at all possible would like to focus on any property holdings of the Ursuline nuns. See if that airy name comes up anywhere. I'll keep you all supplied with coffee because I'm not very good. Thank you. I can second that. I can help with the coffee as well. But so John Jerry and and uh, Chef Ron beverage duty. All right, let's make some uh, library use rules. Right. Only in a, in a library in New Orleans would they have beignets and coffee. <laughs> and booze, even 49 made it. I got a 12. This is like last week. 92. I've oh, struggled geez. to remember how to read again. That's okay. You, you and Leon are assisting each other looking for um, looking at the earth's lines. I have to um, take the book out of his hands and turn it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you see, John Jared just doesn't want to embarrass himself. So. <laughs> okay, you're there in case anything pops off. So I did. I did exactly an extreme. Excellent. Okay. Uh, well, we do. We do find some stuff here. Um, uh, Rose, uh, you were. Uh, you're you're looking for occult type information, but what specifically are you for? Are you? Well, um, dream demons, ghosts. Um, hauntings, specifically ones involving dreams, and I'm looking for the name Blackheart. Okay. While I'm looking, since you're looking through all this stuff, you 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 think back to a conversation that you all had uh, prior, where somebody said Blackheart kind of sounds like a pirate, and so as you're browsing shelves, you notice a book called Pirate Legends of New Orleans. And contained therein, you actually do find a reference to the black heart. And actually, there's a whole story about him. And, uh, nice. And so here, here's what you here's what you glean. Uh, the black heart is a name given to uh, an infamous pirate named Claude Lefebvre. 
put that name in here. Claude Lefebvre, um, and he was a pretty bad guy. He, he had uh, a ship called the Vengeance and did a lot of pirating and pillaging uh, in the Gulf of Mexico along the, the Gulf Shore. Um, he was uh, ultimately charged with crimes of, of, uh, of assault, um, rape, um, just some pretty horrible stuff in, in addition to piracy. Um, he was driven out of New Orleans finally in 1735. The English at the time seized his ship and uh, then he was hung for his crimes at, at Port Royal three years later. So died 1738 by hanging to death. Nice. So that would fit our time frame. Claude Lefebvre, the infamous Blackheart, and his horrible ship, The Vengeance. Excellent. <clears throat> now, um, is there a picture of him? There's, a, there's an illustration. It's, you know, it's just a, a drawing. Do I, do I recognize the illustration? No. No, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a drawing of what you think, like, a, a pirate, an, you know, an evil pirate in a book of pirate legends would look like. Um, but you, you, you never really saw any features from your dreams. There's, there's nothing there at this point that you would recognize. It was, okay. it was more of a shadow and and just when you think you can kind of make out a feature it's this deeper shadow and it's a really menacing presence do i find uh, anything out about dreams and uh, dream visitations ghost stories i mean particularly how to protect yourself in dreams because that's what i'm feeling right now sugar instead of salt right yeah I mean, what you, what you find by way of dreams would be other types of ghost stories. Um, that New Orleans is just flush with ghost stories. So you've got pirate ghosts. You've got ghosts that, that come to your dreams. And, and mostly it's, it's legends is the kind of stuff that you, you would find. You know, there's nothing um, here that you would probably, like you are someone who would recognize an, an authentic occult tome if you mm -hmm. found one. And... Um, and, and mostly what you're finding, we, we are in the public library, so mostly what you're finding are ghost stories and legends and folklore and that kind of thing. But you'd be okay. pretty, pretty lucky to find that and, and to make the connection of like, hey, Blackheart kind of sounds like a black. Yeah. Good. I struck gold there. Did you say he was hung in Port Royal? Port Royal, yeah. Port Royal, is, Louisiana. Is that, that nearby? A coastal, a coastal town. Um, it would be on like the, again, he was driven out of the city yeah. and ultimately it's where they, they kind of caught up to him to, to try him and, and just give some quick justice. Port Royal would be down in, in like the, the Bayou country in Southern Louisiana. A few hundred miles, would you say, or? Well, not, not hundreds. I mean, a few hundred miles will get you to Florida. So, um, but uh, well out of the city. Um, so for for Remy and uh, Leon, and how's that coffee coming along, fellas? <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm I'm just going like through the. I got a twelve. I'm going through this library like. <laughs> <laughs> so so with, yeah, with, with very little difficulty at all. If you are searching a catalog for a last name Ery, H E R Y, mm -hmm. uh, you find Ery, comma Francois. Uh, 
also known as Duplanti. Um, and there are a multitude of references. And I'm going to type that. Yep. Put, so the, there, put the other name in there too. What was it, Duplante? Yep. Just like that. Okay. And uh, Francois Ari is was definitely a, a big landholder. He had a, a very expansive plantation that you and, and also. Ari also started the, uh, founded the, the Cabildo, which is now the, the Louisiana um, State Historic Museum, which is, which is located in the French Quarter. The, the name Cabildo, you learn, comes from the, the Grand Cabildo, the, 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 the colonial kind of council that operated out of that building. Um, so lot, lots of information about Ari. Um, he was a plantation owner, ultimately donated the land, and that land is actually now... Um, let me pull up the new map of New Orleans I gave you guys. Um, it's still there, and also, not only is it there, um, it is the piece of land that's now known as City Park. And so if you guys look, you, you see the, the Crescent, right, downtown, French oh. Quarter. Um, and now if you look north of that map, you see a huge stretch of land called City Park, which is the older replantation that goes all the way to Lake Pontchartrain, which uh, for people in New Orleans might as well be the ocean. It's huge. I also noticed on that map, it says that the Cabildo is only about two blocks away from the Ursuline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very close. Uh, what are you six? Number ten is Earth. Oh, six. I thought I was looking on the wrong side of the map. Yeah. So both the Cabildo and, and the, the old Earthline Convent, where you guys were, um, are are right there in the in the French Quarter detail. The um, Earthline University would be uh, uptown near near Tulane. So you can see that it's part of the map that says university area. Um, that is where, um, where Leon lives and, and where Tulane is and Loyola University right next to it. Um, I, can I question that, Kurt? Sure. Uh, it says number 10 is Ursuline. Number 10 is the, the, the old Ursuline convent. It's, it's where the archdiocese building is. Oh, that's the old one. Okay. Yep. The actual school, I don't think, is on this map. Okay. Okay, that's it. Yep. But it would be it would be uptown. Because Tulane is number twenty one, which is near the Black Pearl, which sounds very piratey for some reason. <laughs> would uh, so the city park area, um, since Remy is from New Orleans, would he know that if there was a, a cemetery on site, like would there have been a, a larger plot of land dedicated to a cemetery or it's just known as a general park area where people like to go congregate at that? Well, C City Park itself, again, is the old uh, plantation land. It's, there's some bayou there. It, it, there's a strip of, of bayou there called Bayou St. John. Um, people kind of go out on like um, paddle boats on it. Um, uh, like the kind of paddle boats that you sit in together and you like paddle with your feet and it, it takes you around but they're like lagoons kind of um city park is famous for its oak trees uh for its promenades 
is the place where you would go to like if you're trying to get out to like the like a nice park to barbecue uh, that's where you you might go um, but there are cemeteries all around city park um, so uh, the area there that says lakeview um, a lot of that is also what's called the cemetery district so um, there are a lot of cemeteries located around city park so if, if she's buried out there she could be buried under any number of places all we've got to go in is a big oak tree but there's probably lots of big oak trees out there yeah well this oak tree would have had a hundred years to get really really super big yeah i'll give you a i'm gonna you guys good on the map mm -hmm. for now okay I'll share another picture. Just give you an idea of just a, a picture of City Park. It is very pretty. I, my guess is that there's a whole bunch of oak trees that have of probably more than a hundred years. If it was big back then, oh yeah, see, <laughs> oh baby. So yeah, it's, it's just, your oak tree. <laughs> we, may, we may be going through a stroll in the park for a while. Uh, lots of moss. I mean, it's exactly what you would like want out of a park that, um, uh, out of a park that's kind of essentially in the swamp. You know, yeah. so there's the oak trees and lots of moss, lagoons. Um, it's also now home to the New Orleans Museum of Art. So there's also a, a really awesome museum there as well. I, ma I imagine it's nice and cool in there and on a hot day because of all the shade. So it's very popular for people to go uh, during the day and um, uh, during the day and have picnics and and like family reunions stuff like that. So it's it's pretty popular. Um, at night, uh, lots of savory things go on there, as they do in any park. Yeah. Rose, I don't suppose you found a mention of Janet's name or Jeanette's name in regards to the pirate. You, you don't you don't find any reference to Jeanette Duvall at all, or any specific victims he might have had. Um, no, it, it mainly talks about his piracy, his his raids in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, there, there there are a lot of like we talked about last week. There's a, a was a lot of pirate activity. You know, mostly from the famous pirate Jean Lafitte. Um, so. There, there's a, a rich pirate history around the, the Gulf Coast. Hmm. Different pirates at different times were had different roles to play in um, in the Revolutionary War of the you know the, the, the War of eighteen twelve of uh, even the Civil War. You know, pirates were used to um, do raids to, to channel supplies. You know, anything you could think of around um, naval activity. You know, pirates were involved in that in the Gulf Coast. So I convey to everybody this information that I found. I found, uh, uh, why I keep wanting to say Henry, Harry, uh, Francois, Harry. Uh, what's Duplante mean? Duplante was, a, I think, more, more of a kind of a nickname. Does it mean something in French? Uh, probably. I'll have to get back to you on that. All right says the scholar in French. Yeah. Wait, I have access to... <laughs> um, so I'm researching that. Um, we got a place to go and look. 
go look around the park. Speculate as to where she might be buried. So is there anything else? And I also am conveying to the others about what I found, so. Um, the only other thing that I guess I'd, I'd maybe ask Leon since he's capable of reading would be if there was any mention of um, specific, so he talks about donating the land, but if there was any specific portion of that that went to the Ursuline specifically. You don't really see much there that's across, would be a cross reference between Ari and the Ursulines. Okay, so it was more of a general land donation like to the city? Yeah, uh, let's see here. Talk amongst yourselves for a minute. I'll see what else I can tell you. Okay. If it wasn't to the convent, why would she be buried there? Could she have been related? Say that again. If it wasn't a donation to the convent, why would she be buried there? Was she related to him? Well, they, they did say that she was buried because it was, it was, a sin to commit suicide, right? So she right. was buried on site. Um, they wouldn't bury her in the Catholic cemetery. Yeah. Why specifically there, though, is a great question. Um, yeah, I'm not uncertain. Um, maybe out of charity. If he was, uh, if he was a good Catholic, he's just like, well, you can bury her on my land. I mean, that kind of makes. It makes some sense. It's also it's also interesting that the girl died. Um, she was buried on that property, and then a hundred years later, even after the donation, it was still referred to as Aries' property. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. Well, the nuns would have known their history, so yeah. Here's what I can tell you. I mean, if you were if you were looking to bury someone, and you didn't just want to throw them in the street, and you were looking for someone someplace close by, um, that is, uh, you know, not an urban area. Uh, here, researching a little bit further, here's what you learn. Uh, Leon made an extreme success. So I'll, I'll give you some more here. Um, Francois Ari was an important French builder who constructed the original Cabildo building in 1769. Um, a, a plantation that he owned along Bayou St. John was later sold by his widow during the brief period of Spanish rule. The Allard Plantation, as it was then known, eventually passed hands to John McDonough, who might be a name that some of you in, in character would have heard. He is a, uh, was a pretty famous philanthropist and entrepreneur in New Orleans. There's a lot of uh, schools that are named after him, McDonough number one, McDonough number two, um, even back then. Uh, McDonough died in 1850 and left the land to the city of New Orleans. In 1854, the property became known as uh, the New City Park. And it was called the New City Park because, let me go back to the map for a second. So a little bit of a history lesson here. Let's see. One second. 
it was at the time called New City Park um, because the original city park is the park right across from Tulane um, uptown, if you see, that's now known as Audubon Park. And that's where the Audubon Zoo is, is also located. Um, so you see uh, down in the corner by the university area, you've got Audubon Park. In the 19th century, that was called City Park. And what's called City Park now was then known as New City Park when it became uh, handed down from Ari, Ari's widow, to McDonough. Finally, that land was given to the city in 1850. It became City Park in 1854. Okay, so we don't we don't really have much to much to narrow in the search, but we that is a pretty good lead that at least we know generally the area of the city that we're talking about now. Right, right. Hmm. It's actually larger than Central Park in New York City. Hmm. Oh, wow. It's pretty huge. There's a, there's, there's a lot of stuff in there. There's, um, in addition to just the, the bayous and, and all the park, there's a, there's a pretty big golf course in there now. There's a, a, like a, a little amusement park um, there's there's mini golf, all kinds of stuff. It's also an area that was used for dueling. Keeper, mm -hmm. I've got a question about the dream that I had. So I know it ends with me going through the window, but do I get a sense of whether I was pushed or whether I jumped? Um, do, I get, do I get a bodily sense of having catapulted myself up or having been pushed no you don't get a sense of being pushed you get a sense of either running running away in, in panic and either jumping or not realizing that you are running through through a window okay so one minute you're running you're looking behind you you hear a terrible crash and then you're falling okay because it occurred to me that if she had been pushed, she wasn't a suicide. She was put in an unmarked grave. She might be unhappy about that. And that might be why she's giving out these dreams. She wants to be buried properly. Well, one way or another, it, unless there's some documentation of her intentions, it would be hard to know for sure, right? Right. That's why I wanted to know if I actually had any sensations from the dream. Yeah, yeah you don't get the, the sense that you are intentionally jumping and you don't get the, the impression that you're being pushed. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, you're running and then, and then you're falling. Right. In panic. Best way to fall. Yeah. Well, it's, get, it's getting a little bit late in the day now. This, this research, you know, we kind of jumped ahead, but it, it does some, take a little while to kind of go through everything and, and do a day of research. It, it is, uh, does, does, you know, even though you're pretty hopped up on coffee, those, those beignets are sounding pretty good. Um, and it may be getting time to, to meet up with, with Alice and share what you learned. Okay. So if that's the case, then uh, unless, well, we were actually out in the morning, weren't we? Do we did we want to go to the museum or the, 
the history museum before we go back to Alice. The uh, yeah, Cabildo. Yeah, that's a great place to go. I want to go there myself, and I'm not even there. <laughs> I mean, just to see if we can find history on the area. The nun, the mother, Mother Santiago mentions the big oak. Okay. Um, you are you're you're assuming that Mother Santiago is the person who. Yes, who wrote the journal? Right. Okay. You don't know that for sure. I don't know that for sure, but I'm I'm assuming that. Let's just say that my character would be saying that. So. Um, she refers to it as the big oak, which would mean that it was probably some sort of a landmark even then. So, Rose, you might be right. Uh, there might be, if we go there, even though all the oaks are big, there might be one in particular that you go, holy crap, that's a big oak. You know? That's what I'm thinking. So we might, we might do that. Maybe tomorrow we'll go walk around the park and see what we can find. Hopefully we'll just find her ghost standing there next to the tree and pointing. Hey, look! Yeah, something like this. And so if we find the tree, what then? I know. What do we do? What are we supposed to do? Dig her up and bury her? In the <laughs> I was about to say, just start digging indiscriminately in the middle of the park. <laughs> okay. Come well, we'll come back under and... your lookouts. <laughs> if if we are to believe ghost stories, then we need to to lay her body to rest. If if her spirit can't rest because she was wrongfully, you know, buried in a park instead of uh, in the church. You need to give her a box back. I can't, I can't believe I'm subscribing to this stuff, but then we... So if we brought the box back and brought the book as well? Well, once we find the truth, if we find the truth. I think we left the box with back with... Uh, um, with Alice? Alice. Her box. But we still we have the book, though, because we, we we haven't told anybody about the book, have we? No. Well, it wasn't it wasn't Jeanette's book, right? So. No, no, it was Mother. Assuming it's Mother Santiago, but you know, there's another thing. Why would Sister Madeline say that, unless she knew something about it? Say what? Mother Santiago. You mean deny the the existence of the casket girls? Yeah. M Mother, I think you're, you're maybe make, crossing a couple of wires. Where okay. you heard Mother Santiago was from Alice's maid, Isadora. Oh. But we we talked to Mother Madeline, or yeah, Mother, sister? Sister Madeline. Sister. I can't remember. But isn't she the lady that we talked to who said that, oh, I don't think these Catholic girls really existed. They're just... Right. And so I think what Tom is saying is why, why would she be saying that if she didn't know something and maybe she was trying to protect somebody? Well, no, I was... I was she's trying to protect the convent. That's, I was getting it mixed up. I thought that she had said Mother Santiago. Chef, what are, what are your thoughts? You're, you're, you're kind of quiet. What's, what's your thoughts on all this craziness? I'm kind of just trying to absorb all of this because it's a lot of information, I think. And while I feel good that I feel like we've discovered a lot of good leads, I'm not sure it tells us what to do next. 
Right. Are there lunch menu? When I when I read through the book, when I read through the um, the, the journal, was there anything else indicating contacts or people that I can talk to? No, no indication of what the mother superior's name was. Well, it was you know this is a journal and it was written in, in first person, right? right? So it's not a it's not a biography, it, it's a journal. So as from what you have, this is an, an unnamed mother superior um, in. In a couple places where you might have found dialogue, she's she's referring to being addressed as Mother Superior, um, but but you don't you don't find a name. And again, uh, this is actually, yeah, we should be able to find that out. We we'll just need to ask find out from the convent. Actually, is there anything in the library while we there we're there that's like I was saying the history of the Ursuline Convent? They have a list of the Mother Superiors. And we have an exact date. Yeah, on that line. On that line of research, you can discover that the Mother Superior of, of the Ursuline Order uh, in Orleans Parish at that time was uh, a woman by the name of Brenda Kensian. I'll type that in. So now you, you do have a name. Are any of these NPCs named Smith? <laughs> <laughs> Not in this campaign. <laughs> okay, just checking. You know, I had another thought too, which is a little bit out there, but um, as someone who doesn't necessarily want to get his hands dirty by digging up a grave, isn't there some connection with voodoo and such that you can talk with spirits of the dead? Maybe, but you might have to go to a bokor for that. Unless you want to talk to mama again. <laughs> I was about to say, she seems to have delved... <laughs> Mumbles just tell us that it's all a bunch of nonsense. That's what she said every time. Well, she we... said she said the box was, but I'm wondering. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe there's something else we can go to. <laughs> she said the chicken foot was. She said <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> if we had shown her a voodoo doll, she'd have said, "Yeah, that's just nonsense." <laughs> Hmm. Well, shall we go to the, the museum and then over to, or did we spend too much time in the library? It's up to the GM. No, you, you would probably have time still. It's not, it's not late yet. Um, the Cabildo, if you wanted to go there is, is like within a couple blocks of Cafe du Monde. The Cabildo is, is, I don't have a picture of it, but you, you could, you could Google it. It is actually right it's it's right next to St. Louis Cathedral, so it's in the heart of the French Quarter, Jackson Square. On the other side of Jackson Square is is Cafe Du Monde, so it, it, it's it's right where you're going anyway. Okay. So if you go to Luca Bilbo, they'll they'll charge you, you know, twenty five cents admission. Okay. That's that's cheap. Someone's gonna have to cover me after uh, after my run-in with the. I got you covered. What was, what, was what was what was that gentleman's name? The 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 curious man or whatever. Oh yeah, you got took on a special man for the special, special man. man. Special man. He took all my money. <laughs> Give it to. Yeah, he's, uh, Rose, uh, Remy has some books for you. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh, thank you, Remy. 
I looked up. I looked up the value later in life. These will these would be worth something in 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 a hundred years or so. <laughs> Rose does have an eye for books. I do. All right. There's talk of, of a lot of interest in books floating around the French Quarter, but so far you, you're not really sure where where those are. How much is this urban legend? So, if we arrive at the the Cabildo, that just sounds dirty. It probably takes us a while just to orient ourselves as to where things are. Probably lots of displays and stuff. Yeah, it's it's. It, it's exhibits, it's history. So it, it takes you through the whole history of the colony, the French era, the um, the Spanish era, the influence of uh, the influence of the Caribbean. Um, lots of you know everything local history. Lots of uh, figures from the uh, from all of the different wars. Um, lots of stuff around the. Shamat Battlefield and the War of 1812 and uh, you know lots of stuff on the Civil War of course lots of lots of Confederate um, memorabilia anything from no. pre uh, uh, pre Louisiana Purchase all the way back because that's what anything we're more interested in yeah anything on the Dread Pirate Blackheart uh, you do find stuff on pirates. There's a there's a lot on Jean Lafitte. Um, there's actually a state park named after him, and and so you know like paintings of you know the pirates ships being in, in involved in like different types of naval campaigns, um, different documents, letters from Jean Lafitte. Um, you know that's a really popular. That's where a lot of people are kind of checking out. They want to learn more about the infamous pirate. You don't see anything on on Claude Lefebvre or, or the Blackheart. Okay. In particular, mm. what else are we we looking for? I guess we don't really know. Um, Trees, maybe. There is some stuff local, on local flora. Yeah, maybe some reference somewhere to a big tree in uh, on the uh, Allard property, the Henrys. So some stuff there about about Old City Park, now known as Audubon Park, and its its connection to Tulane and the Audubon Zoo. Um, uh, City Park is, is there. Let's make a a group luck roll. Whoever has the highest luck roll. Let's, let's find out who that is. Uh, who has the highest luck, and we'll make highest or best. You have a luck of ninety. My luck is ninety. Well, Holy crap, girl! Anybody beat that? I know. I just got fifty. I got sixty. Wait, that's not right. I got sixty. Sixty-three. I rolled fifty-seven, so I made that. I rolled thirty-two on my luck of forty-five. Made that. I rolled seventeen on my luck of sixty. Okay. So there is an exhibit now on on City Park, um, and they're talking about you know the the proposal for storyland to, to to titillate and surprise and delight the the little children uh see see the famous nurture rhymes come to life and storyland coming coming soon and some history on city park that city park it, it does have a rich history of dueling 
And so, uh, like, like you found, Leon, um, there's actually one particular tree called the Dueling Oak, where a lot of famous duels were held. Um, you find uh, also references to another tree named Suicide Oak. Ooh. Suicide Oak. So and named see, because? And you can see it's so named because it has a low branch. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. That, that might be perfect for hanging oneself. And then there actually is like a, an, old, an, an old painting that, that's an illustration on a document that you see of, um, uh, of, of someone uh, hanging from, from a, a low-hanging oak tree branch. Hmm. And that's how the oak trees in City Park are, and they're, they're great for kids to play on because you can just walk right up from the roots and, and get into the tree. You don't even have to climb it. You can just pretty much walk right up it. That's how spread out and, and old those roots are. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great for kids to play on. Well, do we have, does it give any idea of the location of these trees? No. No, it mentions them, but there's, they're, they're not pinned on a map. Maybe there's somebody in charge of the park when we get there, you know, that might know where these things are. Sure, they should have a groundskeeper. We've got a picture, so you know we we can just keep keep that picture in our minds when we're walking around the park. Well, how about a, a curator? Is there a curator we can talk to? We can ask about these things. Mm-hmm. Ask yeah. about maybe legends about maybe anybody being buried by trees. You can tell them what we're looking for. I mean, that we've possibly got an artifact that's uh, from the 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 uh, cassette girls oh i hey, that matter you, is there anything about them you uh you folks doing okay you'll find everything y'all looking for today at the cabildo no? yes, <laughs> um yeah we have some questions oh uh, uh, sure that's what i'm here for well it's kind of an interesting story one of our friends has recently come across an antique and we're beginning to suspect that it is uh, uh, a, a, um, something from the Fila uh, Cassette, the Cassette Girls. Uh, it might actually be a dowry chest. Um, so we were doing some research on that. Oh yeah, the Casket Girls. Yes, the Casket Girls. And we found a few references that might indicate that one of these particular girls um, was either pushed or jumped from uh, a window and was killed. Goodness. And uh, there are references in this material to uh, the Blackheart. Um, Claude uh, Lefebvre? Claude Lefebvre. And that she might have been buried uh, on... Uh, uh, Francois Henry uh, Harry's property, which is City Park, which we're looking at the City Park stuff. Oh, over by Bayou St. John. Near a big oak. And there's a lot of big oaks over there. But if there's a lot of big oaks over there and somebody's referring to the big oak, what oak might they be referring to? Could it be the hanging tree? Could it be the... 
The dueling tree? Uh, quite, quite possible. Uh, if you go over over to City Park, there's there's plaques on some of the trees. Oh, some of the famous trees. You know, they used to duel there. That's what we heard. Yeah. Back, I was back in a simpler time. Did they did they duel with guns or did they duel with uh, swords, uh, rapiers? Either or both. However, they wanted to settle their differences. I see. You know, it takes a long time sometimes to settle things through the court system. <laughs> Especially back then. Hmm. I do say. You mentioned Claude uh, Lefebvre. Do you know anything about him? Uh, I didn't legend, say hear about him. The Legend of the Blackhearts, a, a New Orleans original. What can you tell us about him? Well, it's a ghost story. We like ghost stories very much. I can tell. Uh, well, you know, there's, there's always so many stories about all the different manner of things that haunt the French Quarter at night. And Blackheart's one of those stories. Can you tell us the story? Oh, uh, just that, you know, after, after he was uh, caught and hanged, that his uh, spirit continued to haunt the French Quarter. In fact, I know a fellow even to this day who says that he saw an encounter the Black Hawk. Really? That's right. Yeah, Lamont over uh, played the bass at the Preservation Hall. Oh my goodness! Now you can believe it. Now Lamont does drink a little. Wow, who doesn't? Pie in this town. <laughs> Did you say Preservation Hall? That's right, finest jazz in all New Orleans. Well, I like for, jazz. Been around for 100 years, be around for 500 more. Yeah, but in 500 years, that jazz will suck compared to the old jazz. <laughs> probably won't even be recognizable as jazz. Well, cool. Now, 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 John Jerry, as a, as a uh, local music aficionado, you, you would know that Preservation Hall is indeed the gold standard of, of New Orleans jazz. Okay. Yeah, hey, Lamont, Lamont Carver played a bass, uh, he, uh, hell of a bass player on that upright. Uh, he, he says he actually uh, ran into the Blackhawk one night, if you can believe it. Cool. I don't. What happened? That's just one of many stories. Well, he'd tell he was just on on a stroll and uh, and and uh, just uh, in, encountered the spirit of a pirate. Attacked him, driven off by the church bells at midnight. <gasps> from the continue. Oh, wow. Driven off by the church bells. Hmm. So we're gonna carry around salt <laughs> and carry around bells. Put a bell around my neck. <laughs> Time for church. Yes. Now I'll go running away. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you very much. That's no, I'd say uh, take, all, talk, take all that with a big grain of salt because, uh, you know, you, 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 you ask 20 people on the streets of the quarters oh, and you hear 20 different stories about 20 different ghosts. What do you, do you know anything more about the, uh, um, about the cassette girls? Uh, Sounds like a 1960s band, the Cassette Girls. Well, 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 come see over here. 
and he actually takes you to um, to uh, a museum vitrine that's got uh, that actually has a case in it, very similar to, uh, to to what you have. And he says, "This is what this is what one of the caskets look like." Now, them girls, what they would do is they get these cases for their dowry for their uh, uh, you know, and 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 they would put put their their clothes and all their belongings come over from France to the colony, find themselves some husbands when they could. Yeah. You know, some of the uh, some of the, the finest families in New Orleans uh, could trace their uh, you know that the, they could trace their lineage to the, to the Catholic girls, but not all the families would claim that. If you know what I mean. Understood. Well, thank you so much. You've been not, so not, helpful. Not the most illustrious of ancestry. No. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Oh, glad, uh, glad I could be of, of some help. Guys, maybe we should go see Alice now and tell her what we found. Ready for that? And I'm ready for some beignets. Oh, it's all we've eaten all day long. Coffee and beignets. The more the merrier. The more the merrier. We're going to all die of the sugar sickness. <laughs> Oh, once you get them sugars all up in your blood, it's all over. My mama done lost her foot. The guy says. No, I'm not hungry. (laughs) 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 Or I'm really hungry now. Uh, So, is there anything else you guys want to do here at the museum? I think we found out all we're going to find out here. Yeah. So tomorrow we'll go to the park. But let's uh, let's head on back to Alice's. See how she's doing. See if she slept well last night. Okay. Right, so as you guys come out to Cabildo, it it it's been it's about seven. You know, it's about six thirty. You guys are supposed to meet up at seven. Um, it's been raining, so it's 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 cooled off a little bit. Uh, it's kind of a nice it's kind of a nice night now. Now in, in August throughout the day, it's been very very balmy. Uh, but it is uh, pr- pretty pleasant for a stroll through Jackson Square as you make your way to Cafe du Monde. Uh, Cafe du Monde is world famous. And let's see, I think I have a picture. Hence the name. Yep. Du Monde of the world. All right. Here's Cafe du Monde. Uh, you uh, you sit outside, and there's uh, then as now as as you wait for your table, and, and and Alice actually sees you. She already has the table, and she waves you guys over. So you, you go and sit down, and um, it's just a, a beehive of activity. As the servers are bringing out beignets, coffee, chocolate milk. Um, the, the the ongoing joke for Cafe du Monde is you, you never want to wear a black shirt there because it's going to be covered in powdered sugar before you know it. <laughs> and uh, so that's Cafe du Monde. And that is the place to, to meet up in the French Quarter. And then, of course, uh, this is this is what we all covet. Ah. Why you do this to us? 
very delicious beignets in cafe au lait or chocolate milk if you are so inclined all right so why don't you guys just take a minute you know as you guys kind of get your orders in alice is there and and she uh seems like she's in a pretty good mood um so why don't we just kind of take a minute and and just kind of get all our ducks in a row here and fill alice in and decide what our next steps are going to be okay well uh first of all how did alice do last night um well uh, are you asking me well yeah we're asking her alice how did you do last night did you sleep okay Oh, if you if you can believe it, this is uh, two nights in a row where I, I, I didn't have my nightmare. Uh, I feel feels feels wonderful. I'm sure it does. Good. I th- <laughs> yeah. Are you I think okay? it, mm-hmm. I think at this point, uh, this is just simply turning into an interesting little mystery we're trying to solve. Um. We so far, what do we know? We suspect. We suspect mostly. We suspect that the the box was one of the uh, the cassette girls' uh, dowries. That it was Jeanette Duval. That she was pursued by uh, by uh, uh, Claude Lef- La- Claude Lefebvre. Um, uh, she either jumped or was pushed from an upstairs window and commit and died. She was declared a suicide. Um, she was buried in what what now is City Park uh, near a large oak tree. And and that the spirit and ghost of uh, of Blackheart wanders the French Quarter. Oh someone claims to have seen him. Somebody claims to have seen him, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Lamont Carter. My goodness, you all certainly know how to do your research. Uh, the, my, my, my sweet little antique box seems to have generated quite the mystery story. Yeah, it's, it seems like, as, as somebody put it to us today, uh, uh, there's uh, ghost stories all over this city. And we seem to have stumbled into one. Sure. Oh. And and it's 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 so it's so intriguing that it's affected poor uh, uh, Rose's uh, dreams. She seems to be dreaming a lot about the stuff. Rose, are you are you having the dream? <sighs> I'm giving it the stink eye, Leon. Oh, yes, it seems. Yes, it seems I am. Oh, oh, baby, that's that's terrible. When she comes it's a wonder we aren't all having the dream. <laughs> she, wants to, she wants to come give you a hug. You want to trade? I'll I'll trade. I'll, I'll trade with you, Leon. I'd be happy to trade with you. Hmm. From what you said, in fact, Mr. Blackheart, of- Mr. Blackheart, <laughs> uh, I got someone here that you can uh, that you can go to. Oh no, I don't like other men. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I mean, if you put you guys on a ship, the, the black art from Dior. Weeks or months at a time, you know. <laughs> things get lonely. He's not that kind of a pirate. <laughs> right. So 
So yeah. yes, it seems I am having the dream. Oh, baby, that's that's just horrible. I'm I'm sorry if I scared you. Not your fault. Not your fault at all. I just feel terrible now. If it if it hadn't gone to me, it would have gone to some other poor woman. I'm sure. Well, we don't even know that there is something. It's not. It's it's a, with all the spooky stuff that we've been looking into. It's not a wonder that you're having a dream. Like I say, I'm surprised we're not all having dreams, considering what happened to us a few months ago. Yeah, you you all were involved in quite the ordeal. Yeah, and it's more involved than uh, than what what the public knows. That's only because you know we don't we don't want to. To freak you out or anything, but there was some pretty weird stuff going on there. Oh my goodness! Voodoo weird stuff. Oh, it's enough to give anyone nightmares. But it was really just it was a it was one family revenging itself on another family. Mm. Family politics in New Orleans do run deep. Miss Alice. Yes, Jason. Um, Should we Googleize that you? <laughs> I thought uh, the other day I heard Isadora mention something to you. Um, Mother Santiago, does that mean anything to you? Um, uh, Isadora, I, I love her. You know, she's like a sister to me, but uh, she uh, always wants to get Mother Santiago involved in everything. Over from the church, from the church, you know. Is she like a patron saint kind of thing or an actual no, person? patron saint of foolishness, maybe. <laughs> uh, Mother Santiago uh, uh, preaches the gospel over at Isadora's church. You know, it's one, one of those uh, colored churches that are more like uh, more like carnival than a than a than a, a, a right service for, a, uh, for 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 legitimate Catholic Christians. Mm-hmm. Lots of energy, music, that sort of thing. That's right. Close, closer to, uh, Isadora, she's, she's a God-fearing woman, but, you know, those kind of churches uh, that her people attend, more like, uh, more like, uh, more like fiascos, all kinds of carrying on and hoot if you hear it and holler if you feel it and, and, and that type of thing. I believe they call them revivals. That's right. Uh, Isadora claims that Mother Santiago can, and, and, and she looks around uh, as to not propose any type of scandal. Speak to the dead, if you know what I mean. Uh huh. I do know what you mean. I was just talking about that. All right. Well, talk amongst yourselves. Uh, the keeper will be right back. He has drunk too much uh, grapefruit vodka. okay well we got a couple of new leads now we got this this bass player mr lamont Mm -hmm. and then we got mother santiago who can speak to the dead yeah maybe she's just or she's just another charlatan like everybody else and gets money out of people I was I'm not giving you any money. I was looking at the journal again and it was talking about um, the, the girl and the cursed spirit 
Uh, now I can't find it. Um, Remember that was Chris Bensing on there. No doubt, still no doubt, still searching for his long lost bride. Yeah, that's an odd thing to say, isn't it? So I'm wondering, maybe Jeanette either like was was mistaken by the spirit, the same way that maybe he's mistaken that he sees Rose now as the long lost bride. Oh, you still think we're talking about spirits here? I thought thought we're talking about the ghost of Jean uh, of uh, Claude Lefebvre looking for the girl that ran away from him. Um, Wait, so Blackheart is the cursed spirit? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Except that what's on? Well, then it continues. The last line says, I only pray that God is merciful and Jeanette can somehow yet be saved. Which, I mean, that could be a religious term, but it almost makes it sound as though you know, no, Catholics Catholics don't use the term in, in the same way that Protestants do. Um, no, I didn't say it was a Catholic term. I'm just saying it, it, it's a religious term to be saved. Um, but it almost, it, I mean, it could also be definitely that to save her from the evil pirate that still haunts her, even in death. Oh, well, if you're talking Catholics, it's, it's a mother superior of a convent. She would be she would be saving her soul, saving her soul going to letting her soul go to heaven. Um, I'm thinking that uh, there was something you said a second ago that that sparked something in my head. the The whole bride thing was was Jeanette Duval married to the pirate? If she was still in that convent. She hadn't found a husband yet. Why would he? She, why would the mother superior call her a bride? It didn't call her a bride. Said that the pirate was looking for his long lost bride. Yeah, but it's all in context of of Jeanette Duval jumping out of the window to get away from him. But that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. The same the same way he's chasing Rose in her dreams. He thinks Rose is her long, his long lost bride. It's not not necessarily to be taken literal. Could Jeanette okay. have been promised to him as a bride? Just never got there. That's possible too. Except that he was a pirate. Why would the convent allow him to have a, 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 a pick a girl from the? It makes no sense. I don't know. It's there's something that we're missing here. Some piece of information is missing. I mean, it in my in my head, I'm imagining that this could all be wrong. This is conjecture. I'm imagining that the pirate, uh, Claude Lefebvre, saw the girl, Jeanette Duval wanted her, pursued her, um, ultimately broke into the convent, chased her upstairs, and she jumped out the window or was pushed out the window. 
Or she fell by accident. And died. And he got away. And it's just another one of his crimes. But he may have been smitten with her. That's kind of the way this is all playing out in my head. Now, I could be completely wrong. There could be a different a different scenario that we're not seeing. Because why then would the Mother Superior refer to her as a bride? Do you think if he raped her that that would somehow equate as having to marry her? Because we're also assuming she's just a girl. That's what they keep referring to her as. But then again, they refer to women of all ages as girls. Well, and they also married 12-year-olds. so That too. Oh, well, I think that what we're trying to do here, based on what we've got, is we're trying to find the remains of Jeanette Duval and find a way to give her peace. And if we're going to go into the spiritual stuff, maybe what she is saying is that, Rose, you may be in danger from the spirit of the black Heart. And in order to save you, we have to save her. How do we save a ghost? We save a ghost by, by finding her remains and burying them in, in holy ground. I mean, this is, this is all occult stuff. It's just nonsense. But I'm just going by what... It's a, it's a good theory, especially if you know, um, they obviously claimed it was suicide, but if she was being chased, then it wasn't that. So, um, you know, for whatever reason, maybe her spirit isn't sated or is restless. Well, it could be her. Uh, I honestly, I'm a, I'm a man of of academic learning. I don't I don't subscribe to any of this. But if I was going to tell a ghost story. I would say that his ghost is still chasing her ghost and she's the one who gave you the book. And in order to serve a man, save her to save yourself, she did give the book to you. So what do we need to do if that's the case? If that's kind of the direction we're going to pursue, what do we need to do? We need to find out where she's buried. How? Well, I'm just, I'm just going to say right off the bat, I'm not in agreeing with that. I don't think we're supposed to dig her up and rebury her. Okay. So What if we could lock down his grave? That's true. We could get a point where, well, I don't know where they would have buried him, but they might have buried him somewhere. Well, that might be where the other lead comes in. The uh, What's that gentleman's name? Uh, Lamont? Lamont. Over at the uh, Preservation Hall. Maybe he could kind of give us a feel for where exactly he saw the spirit. And obviously we know it's by some kind of church. Um, so he, he gets scared off by the church bells. Maybe he's buried around there. 
if, if that happened in a French quarter, you, you would know pretty obviously it would have been referring to St. Louis Cathedral. Okay. Which you were looking at from where you sit. Isn't that unusual to hear church bells at midnight? Not if they were having services, and they might have been having midnight services. Okay. Midnight church, I like it. Could have been in any number of, of holidays during the year that they would have had midnight services. Hmm. Unless the church bells are used to tell time, which a lot of a lot of That's church right, bells would have been used to. I don't know. We would we would most definitely probably know that by now. We'd hear that church bell going off every hour on the hour. Or yeah, St. Louis Cathedral is still a, a very active church. But do we hear every hour that the church bells ring for the time? Uh, not every not every hour. They're not they're not it's not tolling the hour currently. Okay, so it is church services that they would toll them for. Usually during communion. Presently, maybe. You, you don't know like you know, is this a story? Did did the guy at the at the Cabildo make it up? Did Lamont make it up? Does, does Lamont exist? You know, right, how long right, ago was right, right. if it happened? Right? There's there's a lot you don't know there that you're assuming. But it was a good question. Why would the church bells ring at midnight unless there was a service? Um, if there's even a Lamont, even if there's, for all we know, uh, the Preservation Hall doesn't exist, but it does. <laughs> we know that. Um. Well, for that matter, could they have rung for a special holiday? Well, that's that's the most likely thing. It could have been uh, St. Bernadette's Day, and they had midnight services. And if they had communion, then they would have rung the bell. And woe to all those who live next door to the church. <laughs> but they're probably used to it. So... We we do we have dinner at Cafe Du Monde or is it just coffee and donuts? Cafe Du Monde only serves coffee and donuts. You all could get dinner if you wanted to. Well, unless there's something else you want to do, we can get dinner and go to bed. It's what like I would like to invest in a church bell for my bedroom. <laughs> One of the one of the little ones. Yeah, but you got you know you can you can definitely smell some good things coming from around. You can go to to um, to Two J's. You know, it's it's kind of nearby. Um, you've got uh, Fiorella's, uh, which is a, a restaurant that Chef would know, uh, which is nearby. You know, kind of right right next door to the Cafe de Mont is adjacent to the, the French Market, which is a. Uh, combination like produce market, all the stuff coming up the, the port of New Orleans on ships, a lot of that that uh, fruits and banana, like tons of bananas, different types of fruits, produce, fish, seafood, all that is sold at the French market as well as uh, uh, wares from more exotic locations. Um, you've got stuff from the Caribbean, stuff like uh, statues and and masks from from darkest Africa, from uh, just all you know stuff from Asia. You know, New Orleans is truly an international port, and a lot of those things are sold to locals and 
tourists at, at the French market. And also around the French market is, uh, you know, a number of uh, fantastic restaurants. So lots of places you guys could get dinner if you wanted to. You know, as you, as you walk around there with Alice, you, you, you smell some, you know, boiled crabs, boiled crawfish, fried oysters. You can smell all of that. So I guess we eat. And uh... so as you, as you guys pick a restaurant, have dinner, um, the conversation ultimately turns to something a little bit lighter, just casual conversation. Alice talks a lot about her, her charity work and, and, um, and the, the, the church, different things that she's doing. Um, art, she talks about artists and she's pretty learning. She's excited to talk about everything. You know, she's really excited to spend time with with Jason she keeps you know giving you the look and wants to sit by you and you know everything you say she's super interested and, and if you make a joke she's she, she laughs the loudest um she likes uh talking to Rose about books and she's she points over there and she says you see uh, uh, uh those uh, uh you see that that uh, uh, across from from the cathedral you see that building there Rose uh, and, and she says you see that that, uh, that apartment that's up top on that second floor Mm-hmm. And, and you see that light that's on? Okay. You know who lives right there? Who? Are, are you familiar with Mr. Faulkner? <gasps> Mr. William Faulkner? No. Yes. I, I've been looking at just typing away right now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe sometime I can introduce you to him. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I, I always knew that he would win the Nobel before Mr. Hemingway. Oh, <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. This is great. Yeah, so I'm so glad I came here. So just some 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 great conversation over dinner, some some amazing food, um, and, and then you know when it kind of all wraps up, uh, of course, even though you might have already had some some beignets and uh, and in Cafe Au Lait, uh, she she wants to treat you all to some fantastic bread pudding and some bananas foster and some creme brulee for dessert mm-hmm. and she said well will you uh, walk with me back over to the Toulouse station and you know that's where she would take it and, and Leon too if, if, if uh, you don't have a car uh, we'll take the streetcar back uptown and uh, streetcars will we'll head back to wherever you guys are going home to from Toulouse station on yeah. Toulouse street of course I'm heading back towards the university to the just to my home, my the place where I'm living. Cool. So. so it is it is a nice night. There's some people out strolling around, but it's getting pretty night now after, after dinner. And um, you know, it, it was hot earlier, and then it rained and it cooled things off. So it was a really nice night to be out at Cafe Dubon, and there was a, a couple guys out there playing playing the saxophone and the trombone next to Cafe Dubon, like they do with their with their tip bucket out. And then stroll down through the French market. As you're coming out of dinner, all of the people at the French market done packed up for the day and went home. So it's 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 a little bit empty. It's a little bit eerie. And, and she says, "Well, why don't we stroll through through Jackson Square?" And I'll paint another picture for you guys. It's just a picture. So on on a cool French quarter night, Jackson Square is a wonderful promenade. Um, and if you look there to the to the left of Jackson Square, from what you can see in your picture, is the where she was pointing out where Mr. Faulkner is is now working from, and the building to the right of St. Louis Cathedral is that's a 
like a bilbo and so just uh you get a, a real sense of history all around you as you walk through the alley uh next to the st louis cathedral down to toulouse street towards toulouse station and it is actually uh kind of kind of foggy um there, there's some it's kind of misty kind of foggy and it's not super uncommon in the french quarter uh, during this time of year because as the uh, as the it gets really hot and then it rains and then it clears up and it gets cooler you know it kind of makes clouds on the ground in, in, in a sense so um and so as you guys are walking and, and you're talking and you realize that there's really not not anybody around and you notice that also it's it's a little bit creepy because the fog is is getting a little bit thicker and and then if, if you're looking ahead um do do a do a spot hidden pass 27 made it 96 if you failed you're just kind of caught up in a moment of conversation and and looking around and enjoying the way the evening feels if you passed you notice that up ahead of you the fog starts swirling around a little bit and actually starts to kind of glow and as you continue to watch, it also starts to take shape. And it starts to glow, but even as it glows, it darkens. And out from that fog steps a man. And he's walking towards you. And as he gets a little bit closer, you can see that something is not right with this man. Um, you can, you can, as it gets closer, even though he's in, he's in shadow and he's wearing a hat and he's dressed archaically. And then as you get to see his, and so you're, you're thinking, is, is he in costume? Which wouldn't be totally crazy. I mean, this is the French Quarter after all. It's not Mardi Gras time or Halloween, but it is the French Quarter. But as he gets close enough for you to see his face, two things happen. Number one, you notice that part of his face is missing and what you see is what looks like skull. And number two, he draws a sword. Oh. And he is coming towards you. Uh oh. If I don't if I need to add it menacingly. <laughs> well, let's back away from him. Make sure Rose gets behind us. Yeah. Because she's a lady and we need to protect her. Are we I will accept we all are we all aware at this point, or just the folks that made made the spot hidden roll? Well, as, as, it gets, as it gets closer, the rest of you can see him. Okay. Um, and what you hear in, in a voice that I can only describe as spectral, um, a, a voice that says, she is mine. And he draws a sword. And, it, oh, and once you see that, funny. we're all sanity. John Jerry, you're the cop. <laughs> yes, protect and serve. Uh, pass. Made that. It's Phil. Passed. All right. If you pass, take one sanity because something is very not right in the universe right now. If you fail, take one d six. Ooh. Leave us hanging, Remy, would you get? 
It was just a one. <laughs> okay. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I wanted to see Remy jump up in the air and run in the other <laughs> direction as fast as he could. I'm done. <laughs> at, this, at this point, we've all seen some shit. It's like... <laughs> true. Alice, Alice screams, and then she, she faints. Um, okay, so now we've got very limited time, guys, as, as far as what we do. Um, Alice, uh, you hear Alice, all this hap- again happens quickly, right? Steps out of the fog, some of you see it and are just kind of like taken aback because you're not sure what you're seeing. Then the rest of you see it. Now it's close enough. You see skull, you see glowing um, and, and ra- like drawing of swords. You hear Alice scream. Next thing you see okay, is. I'm going to pull out my gun. Room. Okay. And fire. Okay, go ahead and roll it. Oh, all those poor people on the other side of the square. Nobody <laughs> said the square is mostly empty. Uh, empty and creepy. Actually, that's a hard pass. Okay. So you you, you shoot, and it, it what it appears that you would hit him, nothing happens. He's continuing to roll, like walk towards you. Does anyone else want to do anything before uh, engages with John Jerry? Get the salt. I'm gonna yeah, salt at him. Um, I'm gonna yell at him in French. Uh, uh, stay back from us, Claude Lefebvre. And, and he yells back in in in. Well, he seems surprised. Number one, like he's as much as like a, a half ghostly, half skeleton face can express. Um, he he looks at you, uh, and he he's a little bit surprised. And he says, "You." And he tells you back in French, "You." You stay away from my bride. Leave her to me. I, I yell back at him. You've been dead for two hundred years. He says. That he's like. And he says. Even death cannot stop me from possessing Jeanette Duval. Jeanette's been dead for two hundred years. And yet, I still chase her. And She's not here. <laughs> Jeanette is not here. <laughs> And you he, are mistaken. He says, I am not mistaken. And he, he raises his sword to swing at you. Well. You're going to put your arm up? I guess so. All right. I think he's a ghost, so I might just go through me and nothing will happen. But um, Okay. So you're not going to attempt to... Well, I was trying to reason for him, so as he raises up, all I can probably do is this. Okay. So he actually swings his, looks like a cutlass, um, at you. And I'm just trying to think of how I want to. Um, it, it, we, he swings and it cuts you. Sacre bleu. <laughs> so, yeah. And he uh, he inflicts upon you two points of damage. Oof! What the hell? So he is like sort of like he's not. I don't want to paint a picture of like a Scooby Doo ghost. Like he is. Um, you you're, you you can't see through him. Like he has he has sort of formed. He's corporeal. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Jeff, you might have Mister Smith. It's Mr. Smith from the, the old creepy old janitor dressed up like a ghost. 
Mo Willie. What's wrong with that? It's Mo Willie. Mo Willie, help us. Um, What's wrong with the Scooby Doo guys? That's what I want to know. Well, so did the bullet, when Chad Cherry shot him, did the bullet go through him? Did it, uh, uh, can we even tell? You can't really tell because it's it's dark and foggy, so you don't know if like the bullet hit him and stopped. You don't know if it went through him. I mean, yeah. you, didn't hear, you didn't hear a ricochet, um, but you did also see him materialize essentially from the, from the fog. Okay. Um, so let's see, I don't have Dex Order ready. Um, who has, so let's... Uh, Let's just kind of go through it. Who who wants to act next? Well, if if my arm was cut as as I went like this, I've probably fallen back onto the ground. You know. Yeah. So you so you you see Leon. You see him swing on Le, uh, Leon. You see um, Leon take a hit. Now you're interestingly you're not you you don't see yourself bleeding. Like it feels like a sword hit you, cut, but you you don't seem to have an open wound. Okay. So this is absolutely crazy what you guys are seeing right now. I'll be like, Rose, throw some salt on him. <laughs> okay, probably what I'm going to be doing is seeing to Alice. He's like, I'm a pirate. I'm already salty. <laughs> salty scuffle. Oh, salty semen. The classic. Um... Remy, what are you doing? Um, I guess having having seen that John Jerry's attack didn't didn't do anything, I guess I'll run over to Leon and try and try and help him away, uh, trying to create some separation in between him and the the pirate. Okay, so you you jump in between the Spectre and Leon. Yeah. Um, as this happens, um, Chef, what are you doing? When this first happened, I was gonna say, "Can I, um, can I check my watch? See what time it is?" Yes, it is. Um, let's say it's ten, about ten thirty. Okay. So no midnight church bells, probably. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right. Um, but the church is right nearby, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, you're probably about two blocks from the cathedral. So I'm going to yell out that we could maybe make a run for the church. And why not? I'm going to take my pistol out too and shoot. Okay. We've also got Alice on the ground, so. Yeah, but Rose said she was. I'm trying to revive her. What are you, what are you doing? Are you slapping your face? Or are you? Yeah, I'll, I'll, well, I'll, I'll like push at her first. And if she doesn't respond, then I'll slap her. Okay, so you're trying to revive Actually, her. I wonder if I have any smelling salts. I do have some smelling salts. <laughs> so I'll try those. Okay, and, and now he, he, looks, he, he looks over at you and he says, you, he says, I've, I've seen you before. He says, maybe you also make a, a, a fitting bride. <laughs> I am no man's bride. <laughs> maybe I'll keep you with me on the vengeance forever. And he, he starts to raise his sword. Shut your mouth! Shame on you! Oh. Alright, and he, he swings at you. <clears throat> I and duck. I, I'm gonna dodge. Do you want to try and dodge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
37. No, didn't make it. All right. So he, he, he strikes you also with the sword. Ah! And, and, it is, and he strikes true, and you take six points of damage. <gasps> Ouchie. Oh, my God. What, what, is your, what is your maximum hit point? Uh, 12. So that's half my hit points. Okay. So you should make a constitution roll to see if you stay conscious. The rest, so you guys just saw him strike down Rose in cold blood. Yeah, 33. Yeah, me dead. Okay. So you passed. Uh, so you so you were on the ground and, and very much hurt, and you're not sure where. Like you you expect to like you're you know you might feel around to so just try and see where, where where this blood is going to be pouring out of you, um, and uh, and and you, you were just hurt extremely bad, um, and are trying to feel for blood. You you don't feel any, but you are you're down. The rest of you see him strike down Rose. Help me. So it's, like, it's like pain that he's causing. Yeah. Yeah, you see, and you see she is in bad shape. Again, as as a scientist, kind of said, this stuff is happening very quickly, so it's hard to to kind of process what what all you're you're seeing. Jerry, what do you do? Okay, so after I fired, and uh, Chef has said, "Let's get away from here." Um, after that, I was going to try to move towards Alice and physically try to pick her up and get her out because she followed down before Rose was actually attacked. So I was I was going to go with that. Okay. All right. So as as he's kind of raising up, talking to Rose and, and raising up, let's say at, at, that's when you start to drag Alice. Yeah. Alice away. And, and, at, and at this point, Alice is starting to come to a little bit from, okay. from what, whatever Rose did to her. And you pick her up; she's like her eyes are open now, and she's yeah. starting to look around. She 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 sees what she sees, which is what you all saw. Rose gets stricken down. She screams again, but she she remains conscious. And okay, she's, she's trying to like scramble to her feet. Yeah. Uh, Leon, we're back to you. Um. Well, I'm I'm still on the ground, but I'm I'm trying to get up. Um, Josh is, I mean, uh, Remy is there. I I yell for the police. Okay. I know it sounds silly, but I'm thinking that if people come, then the ghost will run away. Okay. So you so you yell for the police. You hear so you see a lot of things happening at once. Again, you hear Chef yell, "Run for the church!" I think that's what you said, right, Chef? You hear Chef say, "Run for the church!" You see Rose fall, and and he, his attention is now on Rose. Um, Remy had jumped in front of you prior, giving you time to get up. Um, what what do you yell? Do you just yell, "Police!" Yeah, police, police. Okay. Uh, Chef, we're back to you. Um, I was still going to shoot my gun. Okay. It is a hard success. Okay. Won't you, so you, again, as with, with John Jerry, you're close enough to where you would sure that this is somebody you should hit. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, he doesn't seem phased. And in fact, what happens next is he... Like he's still holding his sword, but he doesn't swing it at you. But what he does is annoyed enough at at, at this encounter is that he, he goes to grab you. 
Okay. Okay. So what I want you to do is make we're gonna make an opposed power roll. All right. And because as he as he kind of wraps his arm around you to, to essentially fight you, um, you feel something that you've never felt before. Um, you feel just like your your life being as soon as he like touches you, uh, just feel like your all of your life being sucked out of you is the the best way to describe it. So make a power roll. Ooh, yeah. That's not quite an extreme, but it's a heart. You made a hard? Yeah. Okay. And I, I made a hard as well. Um, so in the case of a of a tie... Um, Who was doing the attacking? Blackheart was. Okay. Right? Because yep. uh, Chef shot. And then Blackheart attacked. Okay? Um, so... You, what's going to happen to you is you're going to you're going to suffer um, six constitution loss. Okay. And so you're kind of so you guys are kind of kind of grappling, um, and and you just feel like your life is being sucked away. Um, you guys fall on the ground. He kind of rolls off of you, giving you the opportunity to try and get back to your feet if you want to. Um, I'm going to turn to the group and yell, run. And then I'm going to try to stay engaged with him as long as I can. Okay. Um, Remy? Well, the problem is we got two people down. So uh, Rose, Alice is back on her feet by this point. If it's if it's unfair for me to make these observations, just let me know. But I'm trying to gauge a couple things. Um, so, what is the distance to the church at this point? You are about two, but you're between two and three blocks from the church, on along the the Toulouse streetcar line, which will kind of run run near the the church. Okay, and can we can we see the church at this point? Yes, it, it's foggy, but you can see the church. Okay, can we see the bells? Oops, let's go back to the picture. The the bells are probably on the very top of the tower. Right. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah, the bells are not visible from the outside of the church. Yeah. My yeah, my thinking was that if somebody could shoot the bells and cause them to ring, um maybe we could maybe we could get them to, to take off. Um that's an Maybe interesting we idea. Could run close enough to it. Yeah. Yeah. Zero percent chance of finding any ch church bells to shoot. Okay. Um, so, in the absence of that, I guess since I'm close to Leon, I will try and, and help him the rest of the way to his feet, and take Chef's suggestion and start to to make our way that direction. Okay. Towards the church. And, Le and Leon is okay. Remember, he held up his arm, so the sword hit Leon's arm, and he just kind of fell down from the, oh, the surprise of the whole thing. So, so he's so he's walking, okay. I'm up, yeah. Okay, um, so who is down at this point? Me. Just just Rose and I'm barely Jeff conscious right now. Let's let's Ramy, you and I'll grab Rose. Okay, that's that's the better plan then. Okay, so we'll run over and grab Rose and try and help her to our feet, and then again try and make our way towards the church. Yep. Yeah, so so Rose is down, Chef is down because he was essentially grappling 
with the figure. Um, and so it's, you know, chef, you, try to get, you can try to get back on your feet. Definitely feeling that leg injury right about now, trying to, you know, in a, in a, in a scuffle and trying to get back on your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you guys hear a chef run, you, you tell him, you hear him say run again and he'll. How about Sean Sherry? What, what are you doing, Sean Sherry? Sean Sherry, what are you going to do? He was helping Alice, wasn't he? Yeah, basically, I was trying to help Alice up. Um, I will physically try to uh, the carrier if I have to, and just book it for the church. So he's on her feet again, though. Now we aren't we aren't going to leave Jeff's character behind. Okay, is she up enough to? Yeah, yeah, she, she walk she's, herself. She's starting to. She's up and she's she's panicked, but she's starting. She's ready. Okay, to so what I'm going to actually do is she's up and can move. I'm going to. Okay, I'm going to tell her to run towards the church, and I'm going to go back and help Chef. So, okay, sorry, I thought she was sort of out of it a little more, so I thought I might have to. Back. I I I have a question for the GM, although I suppose it's not really my question, and that's when. When when uh, Chef Pardu grappled the pirate, or rather the pirate grappled Chef Pardu, could Chef Pardu actually grapple the pirate? Yes. Like, like are you from from what sense are you talking about? Like, he's I mean, like, coral. right? I mean, we're shooting the pirate, and the bullets are just passing through like he's a ghost, and yet we can feel it when it when it, the, the blade hits us. Could Chef actually feel a body there? Yes. And for that matter, could when he's in that solidified state, could one of us grab his sword? We, you could try. Ooh, kill him with his own sword. I like it. Okay, so he so he is back on his feet, and, and so are are you all running? Let's, uh, yeah. let's say you've got. Let's say you're able to get Rose back on her feet between the two of you. Um, okay. big girl. And he, he is readying his sword again to swing on Chef, uh, who is at this point still working to get up off the ground. Okay. Well, if if we've got Rose back on her feet and and Remy's got her on one side, I'll I'll turn back around to try to help uh, Chef Pardue. What are you going to do? For um, sure, because I was going to help Chef as well. So, okay. Well, we don't want to leave anybody behind. Yeah. Leave no, leave no Chef behind. <laughs> Who, who's running and who's staying? I'm running. Okay, I'm Alice is definitely running. running. I'm helping Rose run, <laughs> and Alice is with them. And we just want to make sure we get Chef. Um, what I'm going to try to do then is I'm going to run around to the side of the pirate and try to get his attention. So that uh, Jerry can grab Jeff, uh, you can grab uh, Chef Pardue. What is that noise? I don't know. It's it's probably it's you, John Jerry. My that was the sound of the ghost. He was going. Uh... Well, interestingly, <laughs> you, you do. You at this point, you do hear something that sounds sort of like that. Okay, um, and um, so Rose will definitely need help to, to be able to run away. She has taken a, ma- a major injury. Um, you can get up and walk. It's going to be really hard to run. So anybody who's trying to help, so Remy, if that's you, if, if you're 
with an assist from you, we can say Rose can start making her way towards St. Louis Cathedral. The rest of you, um, Jeff, uh, Blackheart is about to swing on you with the sword. Do you want to try to dodge? Do you want to try and parry in some way? Yeah. You have your um, walking stick. I guess parry is a good way to put it. Like, as I see him go up to raise the sword, uh, I'm going to try to get him real close to him so that he can't actually swing on me. Okay. So I'll either like try to grab him around the chest or grab his, his arm. Okay, so let's make a um, let's make a brawl roll. Pass, regular pass. Okay, so as he swings down on you, um, he is able to make contact, and you'll take three points of damage. Oof. Okay. Um, Leon, what are you doing? Should I oh. rather rolling damage, or is he immune to? You you did not hurt him. Okay. That's right. Um, I'm I'm running around to his left, um, yelling filthy French at him, uh, <laughs> trying to get him distracted, and I'm going to keep moving around him so that. Something, something about cutting his mother up and feeding him the yeah his sister his sister his sister's taking swimming lessons to be a streetwalker in Venice. Um, so you, and now, the vengeance is a piece of shit. <laughs> so as you're doing this, kind of kind of taunting him. You you do hear a, a a noise that's that sounded like what we just heard, and it's it's getting louder. And now through the fog, you actually start to see a very bright light. Okay. Okay. Um, Remy, what are you doing? Oh, you were helping Rose. Uh, John Jerry, what are you doing? Okay, sorry, I just I muted it there. Um, as I go over to help Chef, I'm going to actually, because I tried a shooting him and it didn't really work, I'm going to try to try to hit him with, try to hit him with the butt of my gun, just as a distraction to stop him from attacking Chef. So. Okay, so you try to hit him with the butt of your gun, and he yeah. will try to um, kind of come at you as well. Yeah. So let's, let's make an opposed power roll. So he's not really distracted by my filthy language. <laughs> it's all happening so quick; it's hard to tell. He doesn't seem pleased, Leon. A forty-six out of a fifty, barely a pass. All right, so as, as you engage him and try and hit him, he will yeah. also kind of grab you. Yeah. And you will take a, uh, a constitution loss of 14. I will. Oh, jeez. Oh. And so you just feel yourself going extremely weak as, as, as you did, Jeff, as well, um, during that brawl. So um, I, I mentioned that you, you're hearing a noise uh, that sounds like, like um, uh, kind of a really loud hum and engine noise you see what started to be just a bright light to the fog and now it's taking a little bit more shape it is a it is a, a it's a headlight and it is from a, a streetcar that is coming your way you are on the streetcar tracks and there's a streetcar headed towards you all oh get off the tracks i yell all right so let's all make a um a, a an agility roll dex Uh, 
success. I failed really bad 97. <gasps> Chef? Uh, fail also 78. Will. Okay. Is that is that everybody or just everybody who's staying there? Everybody who's staying there. The rest of you wins enough time. And I know it's only been a few seconds, but it gives you enough time to head towards the church to get off the track line. Um, all of you that failed, let's say you had to take a dive to get out of the way because all of a sudden you weren't sure what it was. And by the time you became clear what it was, um, it was it was Almost too late, too late yeah. to get out of the way. So I'm going to have you take, um, let's take 1d3 damage. Did the pirate get hit? So let's do your thing first. And streetcar is barreling towards you. It is dark. The driver cannot see you because of the fog. Right. Um, the last thing that you remember hearing is a, a horn as the driver of the streetcar sees you at the very last minute, blows the horn. That gives you enough, all, all three of you, enough time, despite your injuries, to dive out of the way. Um, you hit the ground. What you do see um, is the streetcar now through the fog. You see the black heart in the road. You see the streetcar strike and you just see uh, a dissolve in, in just black tendrils of smoke. And the last thing you see is on the streetcar, there's one word that's printed along the side and a plaque on the side of the streetcar. Desire. I knew it. <laughs> and that's what we're going to call it for the night. <laughs> oh... You gotta go tell Faulkner about that. Come on around Crescent City Nights, y'all. We get y'all's voodoo. We get y'all's <laughs> We get y'all pirate legends. Okay. Our players included Joshua Hoot, Kim Smeltzer, Jeff Wilkins, Greg Malcolm, and myself with Kurt LeBlanc as Keeper of the Secrets. The music we're using in this campaign is Save My Soul by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Uh, they're kind enough to give us their permission to use it. I've put a link to their channel in the description below. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production. In order to create a richer listener experience, we provide audio-only versions of our show free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We like reading them. This is uh, Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.